Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bob Zarrell. With me, as always, is professional film critic Sean Patrick and Jeff Lasseter. Visit us at IHateCritics.net, Everyone's a Critic Podcast.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Our handle is Critics Pod. Listen to us at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Alexa, all your podcatchers. We're also on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to the show on all those formats. If you could go to Apple Podcasts, though, and rate and review the show, we'll read your review on the air. Uh, Patreon.com slash CriticsPod is the best way to help support the podcast. And then TeePublic, if you go over to IHateCritics.net, you can get our podcast merch over at TeePublic on the right-hand corner of IHateCritics.net or search CriticsPod at TeePublic.com. Sean, where can people get your reviews? The archive is at uh, shotatthemovies.blogspot.com. And, of course, uh, geeks.media. I've been updating uh, 1993 podcasts with uh, also written reviews. So I've got written reviews of nearly everything that we've done from 1993 that are now up. So you can check that out there. And, Jeff, where can people find your art? JeffLassiter.com is my website. Um, There's links to all my stuff there. Any upcoming cons or anything that you're going to be at? Um, well, there is uh, next month. I think I'm still doing one in Chicago, uh, which is a street fest in August. I will be at, uh, be back. I'll actually be here in the quad cities uh, for planet funk con at the river center. I'll, I'll be promoting that more as it's getting closer Then I'll be also in September doing Midwest monster fest which just announced a killer clowns from outer space reunion. Oh, wow. So is that at the rust belt? Yeah. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that because there's going to be, uh, Felissa Rose from sleepaway camp. will be there. I'll finally get to meet her and have her sign my print. Um, and, uh, I just found out I'll be in, um, Chicago in November for days of the dead. And they're doing a Friday, the 13th part three reunion. The oh, last wow. time I was there, they did part two. So, uh, they've only announced a few cast members, but I'm hoping that they get a few more. So awesome. So we should do the next commentary after, after that, so you can get more stories. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into our podcast then. Uh, do you want, to start with since i wasn't here last week and i did go back and see spider-man instead of transformers do you want me to let's let's hear it what do you think yeah i didn't like it uh i i, I was liking it but and when you're in the theater with people you can be affected by the atmosphere but when mm-hmm. it just ended and said to be continued without any climax whatsoever it was like a tv show where the next week you gotta wait for the what happens the following week, but here we're going to have to wait like what a year and a half, two years. Uh, so it, it, I was kind of disappointed in that. I would have rather they put this on Netflix or something or Disney or whatever. And, you know, done that for this one. And then the next one be the big theater movie. But I, I was a little, and I wasn't the only one you visibly or audibly could hear people just kind of like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if that was your guys' experience or not, because I've had kind of a busy week, so I haven't heard last week's episode yet. But uh, am I alone in that thought, other than the people in the theater with me, or do people tend to uh, like this movie? We both liked it. Uh, we were both uh, we were both pretty high on it actually last week. So I think 
Jeff, you knew going in, right? There was it was going to be two movies, right? I heard the day before I saw it that it was going to be two movies. So, uh, and I, I didn't know that going in, but I, I was so amazed by by the art and the atmosphere and the characters, uh, especially the new characters. I was really just I was totally won over by it. So I, you know, once it got to that ending, I was like, like I, I, I kind of figured it out. Like, oh, okay, this is kind of a Lord of the Rings thing happening. So uh, the I, I it, it made sense to me to stop where they did. I think we, we talked a lot about that third act though, Jeff. Yeah. I just, I still think that, you know, I mean, they could have, I mean, it was already two and a half hours long. Why yeah. not make it three hours and they could have, you know, they could have done, cause it does seem to me, you know, going back and thinking about it after we spoke about it, that really it seems like it's almost 20 minutes short of where it could have right. ended. Mm-hmm. It didn't so. feel like two and a half hours. I mean, maybe, I think part of my frustration yeah. is I liked it so much, and getting to that point where, and like even the Lord of the Rings at least has kind of a ending for that movie before they continue on. This didn't even have that. It was just like a TV show where it was just like, all right, wait till next week when you find out when only it's not going to be next week. And and then on top of that, you had other people in the audience doing the same thing that I was. So it just kind of you kind of. Ad- you know, embrace what they're saying too. And it kind of makes you feel a certain way. But I mean, I was loving it up until that point, And I just, I wish they would have done something more client, more of an ending along with, you can still do that to be continued. I just didn't feel like they did anything to wrap up anything in this story. So, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, we were, I, I know for me, I was just so impressed by the art style and uh, I loved the new characters and, uh, Spider Punk, especially, is just still yes. growing in my st- estimation as the as the breakout character. And uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't mind I didn't mind that it ended that way. And I also in my my audience, I didn't really notice anybody being uh, being too upset about it. And I had a, a fairly empty. We went early in the day, and there was maybe five other groups of people, so probably ten, fifteen total people. And it was just easier to be. <laughs> audible or whatever and my son <laughs> again i i just i was liking it so much i want to keep watching it i guess is where the frustration comes from sure uh but anyway how about transformers is it any good <laughs> transformers rise of the beasts uh direct by uh stephen cable jr who uh red directed uh one of the creed movies uh and he he's a good director uh he, he's not bad he's not michael bay uh he's not hateful to the audience uh, <laughs> I think Michael Bay actually does hate his audience. Um, the this uh, this is a I guess a, a sequel directly to Bumblebee because it happens in the middle of the it happens between Bumblebee and like ten years before the new set of Transformers, the Shia LaBeouf Transformers starts. So it's another prequel situation. It's set in like is it ninety four maybe I don't know. It's set in the nineties. And not good. <laughs> it's not good. I don't know what to te- what to say. It, it's a Transformers movie. It, it's it's kind of loud and dumb and and very very silly. You, when I try to describe the plot, it's like a giant planet eating robot uh, wants to steal a thing a, that'll create a portal that'll allow him to go to other universes so he can eat more planets and uh, then then the beasts 
the beast transformers, whatever they're called, they they've got the the portal thing, so they run off to Earth and they take the portal thing with them, and they've got to travel across universes. The bad guys do to get there, and they'll get there like millions of years later. Blah blah blah. It's all it's it's nonsense. Uh, the the why I I can't understand it, and and. I, I did play with Transformers as a kid and I did watch the cartoon as a, as a kid, but I don't, and I think I even had like the, the robot animal Transformers, but I don't understand like, why would there be robot animal Transformers? Like, why would that be a thing that exists? <laughs> it just seems very dumb that those would ever, ever even exist. I guess uh, any timeline, you know, you want, I guess any universe can, can exist, but like, these all exist in the same universe. So it just seems kind of dumb to me. Uh, the whole thing seems kind of dumb. Uh, kids maybe were enjoying it. They, they, the little boys seem to be enjoying the movie, which is great. Good for them. It's aimed in their direction. It's, you know, loud and colorful and, and, you know, dumbed down to a very, 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 very big degree. The, the, the script is, is paint by numbers. I mean, it is very, very, very simple script. Uh, you don't have to think a lot about it while you're while you're talking. Um, yeah, I I don't care. I, I I don't care about the Transformers. I'm never going to care about the Transformers. I don't care that they teased a GI Joe movie off the back of this, which they used their uh, credit scene to do. Like the they they revealed GI Joe and this weird scene. They've got Michael Kelly, uh, who's uh, from uh, that Kevin Spacey series. Uh, good actor. House of Cards. Yeah, a really good actor. And he's like being all like, we're supposed to know who he is. Like he's acting like we're supposed to understand who this character is. And I didn't. I'm sure nobody in the audience actually knew who this character was supposed to be. And then he, he does a thing and then he reveals the G.I. Joe logo. And it's like, oh, let's see. He's a he's a he's a G.I. Joe, I guess. <laughs> But the whole so this scene, means that there's a there's going to be a crossover. Yeah, Transformers and GI Joe es- essentially exist in the same universe. Yeah. Uh, Fuck me! I can't wait till <laughs> He Man comes in. <laughs> was, it, was that a Hasbro product? I don't think so. No, they're Mattel. Uh, maybe maybe he'll be in the Barbie movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh, it's. Yeah, that's happening. So, but uh, yeah, I found it weird just that they played the scene like we're supposed to get who this guy is before he ever introduces the fact that he's with GI Joe. Like, it, it's a weird way to play a scene, but it's a, just it's par for the course for how awkward and ludicrous this whole enterprise is. They really just need to stop making Transformer movies. Well, even like I think we like. Well, they never will. Right, we like Bumblebee. Okay, but I, I th- yeah. I don't get why they're still doing the Michael Bay transitions, like the way that they transform. You know, it's mm-hmm. do a different action sequence when they do that. I, I don't. I never liked it from the beginning. They've just, I don't know, make it slower or make it clunkier. I don't know. Just do something different because it's too, too fast, too splashy, too. I don't know. It, it's. Well, I think if if they do that though, you'll see that none of this is like physically possible. <laughs> but the cartoon did it slower than I don't know, just or even if you did it like Spider Man does and kind of make it more with like a cartoon or with kind of a cool art behind it, I, I think you could do something with it. I guess I don't know. 
Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, th- this really should be a cartoon. At the same I time, I don't know if the story is <laughs> not good enough to do to make it worthwhile. At least Spider-Man has a cool story. Uh, but my son got to choose between this and Spider-Man, and he chose Spider-Man. So, good man, good choice. So, well, well done. So I'm proud of him. <laughs> Parenthood win. Finally. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to know that the box office is far more interesting than the movie uh, because the box office, uh, they only beat Spider-Man by like, what, $5 million, I think, uh, in their opening weekend and Spider-Man's second weekend. So who knows? Maybe that'll be bad for, you know, Transformers. But I'm, then again, I'll look at the, like the na- international audience will just turn out in droves for this shit and <laughs> ruin my theory, my plan, my hope. Yeah, when all you care about is the bottom line, all you got to do is scribble on the screen and just wreck well, the money. Yeah, that's so okay. I, I obviously, if anybody's ever watched our YouTube stream, I collect Star Wars toys, and Star Wars is made by Hasbro, who is the producers behind the Transformers movies because they also make the Transformers and GI Joe, which are their IP. You know, they were essentially made in the 80s. The cartoons were made as a commercial to sell toys. Um, the only thing that is keeping them from kind of almost operating it as a loss are these movies. So we'll never, ever stop having Transformers <laughs> movies, which is fucking depressing. It is. It is. At least I'm not a critic. I don't have to see them. <laughs> <laughs> And someday they'll go straight to Netflix. No, they won't. <laughs> I guess you have to see them in the big screen. <laughs> Never know. One of the streamings could buy it and you know make it a make it their thing. You have to come here to see Transformers, and then I won't go there, and it'll be great. I feel like they do that though. Their platform dies. <laughs> well, considering the fact that before the movie was even like before the first weekend, they already announced that in less than a month it's going to be on streaming services. So. Hmm. I, I mean, are they trying to? Ki- they're just trying to kill theaters altogether because it really kind of pisses me off. Yeah, that is that that is that's garbage. Yeah, it, somebody um, somebody showed the marketing plan for Jurassic Park, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, that came out in June of '93 and did not hit video until December, November or December of 1994. Think about. The- can you imagine that happening today? <laughs> well, yeah, you're, yeah you're, not, really. you're not allowed to do anticipation anymore. Now it's, it's everything has to be immediate. Yeah. Which is probably why I'm bitching about Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else on the new movies this week? Um, I mean, like I said, it's just, it's not good, but like little boys, and they're not fully formed personalities and brains might enjoy it. Okay. <laughs> Our undisputed classic in 1993 movies is uh, Jurassic Park, as well as the rest of the original trilogy. Yes. Uh, so Jurassic Park was released on uh, June 11th, 1993 and became an immediate sensation. It was a sensation even before it came out to the point where Roger Corman ripped it off before it even came out because <laughs> he knew uh, he knew this was going to be huge. And it was 
Uh, I remember very distinct memories of going to see this in the theater and uh, then going back to see it again and even almost talking my dad into going to see it one time. Just came so close, but then he just wanted to get drunk. Uh, (laughs) There was no no beer at the movie theater at the time, so... Uh, 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 come on, come on, guys. That's I know it's sad, but it's a joke. Um, uh, yeah, Jurassic. Uh, I mean, uh, Richard your dad was my Jurassic. uncle, so it's less funny. <laughs> All about perspective. Uh, Richard well, we finally Burrow. stopped drinking last year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, my dad died. Uh, <laughs> Richard Attenborough owns an island. This is off the rails. Uh, he, sends, uh, he, want, he wants to open it up as a theme park with dinosaurs that he's been making. And uh, he, he invites uh, a couple of doctors, a paleontologist to go over there and see it and you know, test out everything. And the dinosaurs go crazy and start killing people. And it's it's all bad. Wayne Knight uh, is a guy who, like, he, like, takes down the whole system with his, you know, he's trying to steal the the DNA for like a competing Jurassic Park, I guess. I'm not sure what his what his thing was. Um, I like this movie a lot, uh, but there are there are obvious like little you know if you want to pull on story threads, you can like uh, here. <laughs> apparently, everybody else that he's hired for this island is the most unethical human being and also very stupid. <laughs> and then he brings in two like three ethical people, and they go, "This is really dumb. You shouldn't be doing this." Well, meanwhile, he's already done it, apparently, with the help of a group of people who have no qualms about doing this, uh, which is very funny to me. Um, (laughs) Where did you get these scientists who don't know that uh, if you add toad DNA to a dinosaur, that it'll cause them to become able to change genders and thus be able to give birth as well or give birth asexually? Uh, Like... (laughs) What did you? I thought you hired the best geneticists. Why would they not know that? Um, it's really, it's really. They funny. do, but they just see dollar signs. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, look at. It's good that he found the most unethical scientists available. <laughs> um, but again, I do love this movie. I, I'm a big fan of this movie. Like, I have always been a big fan of this movie. The dinosaurs are incredible. Spielberg's direction is is superb like he's a master director he knows how to direct uh scenes he knows when to stop down and and have his characters be in awe of what they're seeing and there's nobody here who's like like uh not impressed by what they're seeing which i've always bothered by and like you know, like in supernatural movies when like shitty like shit's happening like things are flying off the wall and people are like well i wonder if something's going on or are they're just not you know reacting in any way that's like a human being these characters are reacting like human beings. Yeah, you know, I love the way that the, the sense of wonder that Sam Neill and Laura Dern have for this and the sense of like, you know, dread and fear that Goldberg or Goldblum has going into this. You know, he, he, he sees it. He sees what nobody else does and he's allowed to, you know, voice that throughout. And it's, you know, really, it's a really smart script by Crichton and uh, David Kep, uh and, and just extraordinarily well played out. I mean, every, every beat works. Like I said, there are little things that you could tug on. I really hate the kids. Like it, that that Timmy kid, I I just wanted him dead. I wanted them to leave him behind. Just leave him in that fucking tree or something. It just drive me from the fucking wall. <laughs> I hated that kid. <laughs> so I wouldn't have missed him if he'd you know gotten eaten. But 
Beyond that, though, I, like I said, I, I love this movie. I think it's an all-time classic. Yeah, I guess for me, and I was in junior high, I, had, I think I mentioned this on a podcast just a few weeks ago, uh, but I had read the book, not really quite old enough to truly process the book, but uh, at the same time loved it because I knew the movie was coming out. And then uh, was the book more of like almost more of a horror movie than what this ended up being? And I hated it at first just because like, it's not like the book. It, needs, it didn't start until like a page 75 and then the movie started or whatever it was. And over time, though, I've grown up and stopped being such a dumbass and I've learned to you know, appreciate it for what it was because it really is a great blockbuster. I mean, they're, they don't make them like that as much anymore. I mean, the Marvel movies are one thing, but they're, not, they're still different than what Jurassic Park was at the time. Uh, so it definitely was, uh, I don't know, just a, a fun action movie just with great scares and jumps and just well done. Yep. And I can I can go back and watch this all the time. I mean, it's one of those ones I you know I put it on in the background a couple times a year, the original, and it's just I I never get over that sense of wonder that I had when I was when I watched this in the theater. Um, you know the fact that like a fucking T Rex that looks like it's alive walked out in front of a car. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's so interesting to me, like the science behind it. And you know, I mean, it's movie science. So yeah, they're, 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 you can't really actually get blood from a mosquito in Amber. That's, <laughs> you know, Michael Crichton kind of just made that up. Um, I mean, he made the whole thing. Up, obviously, but it seemed but, believable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's that fine line of almost, can't think of there. I know there's a name for it, but not not junk science, but that science that like you th- movie science, I guess, is the best term where it's almost plausible, but not quite. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you really start to think about it, it doesn't hold up. And if you talk to scientists in the real world, of course, it doesn't hold up. Um, I think that for me. Alan Grant is the character that I kind of most identify with. Obviously smarter than me, but doesn't like kids, but, you know, ends up kind of wanting to save them. And I, I really wanted to see more dinosaurs in, in the original. So, you know, getting to see a few that I'd never heard of, great but once you get into the other movies you get to my favorites and i just kind of i i don't necessarily need more than the original but i need more dinosaurs in the original <laughs> i i think you know when you talk about uh what one of the one of the keys that makes this work so incredibly well is that uh for me anyway is that spielberg hired actors first and movie stars second he went with people he knew could be could be believable in this situation and not stand apart from this situation like if you'd put a big name actor like say you hire nicholson to play you know dr grant like he stands out as nicholson as opposed to 
a guy who can more melt into the scenery like a Sam Neill. Uh, I thought that was just it's it's clever. Uh, it's clever piece of casting, uh, but for him and for Laura Dern and for Jeff Goldblum, because none of them are are like movie star movie stars. They're they're great actors first. And and yeah. their sense of wonder is your sense of wonder. And uh, then but then also you look at the script like you talked about uh, Sam Neill's you know, journey, essentially his arc. It goes from hating children you know, leaving that one kid completely fucking traumatized in the one of the early scenes, which is great, uh, to to being this you know very fatherly character. Uh, by the end, uh, uh, it, it, it that's a very simple, easy to read arc that that uh, anyone could pick up on. So it broadens sort of the script, sort of broadens the appeal of it, and and isn't without necessarily talking down to the audience because yeah, for you and I, for for us as grownups, we can see what the obvious arc is going to be of him going from hating kids to loving kids. But you know, for a kid watching that, maybe you don't pick up on it so easily. And, and it's, and it plays out like an arc you recognize and it's uh, rudimentary, but it's, it's well done because Spielberg is just that good. Well, and this was 30 years ago. We weren't, you know, we were 30 years younger <laughs> and I don't, I never got that arc at that age. You know, I was like, Oh, Oh, I guess he does like, you know, that, I look at it now, having sat down and watched it, watched it the other day. I, I was like, I can't believe some of the stuff that I didn't see before that was that, you know, doesn't hold up, but I don't care that it doesn't hold up. It's like Timmy. (laughs) (laughs) Leave him in the fucking car. I relate to Timmy the most, I think. (laughs) I was also 13 when it came out. <laughs> Maybe 12, actually, now that I, if yeah. I'm doing the math right. And, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. It, it. I wish I would have been old enough to not be a dumbass and appreciate it for what it was. That said, I have seen it a lot in the theater since then. You know, they've, it always pops up at a, a museum or a special screening at the theaters. And for whatever reason, that's one I've gone back to a lot. I think largely my son's obsessed with Jurassic Park uh, and dinosaurs and all sorts of crap like that. But yeah, it just really, in hindsight, is really quite fun. And to think you did Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in the same year. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we we got into that a little bit on the '93 podcast, which uh, I'm I'm you know if I'm not here next week, it's because people listen to the '93 podcast. Um, <laughs> some of the things as anyway. Uh, You'll have to tune into that. Um, one of the great things about this, too, is that, you know, some people get a little pretentious about this movie. Like, you can't criticize Jurassic Park or, you know, it's supposed to be like a, a thinking man's blockbuster. Well, the reality of this movie is that it's a monster movie, first and foremost. Like, this is a monster movie. Uh, and it has all the monster movie. It, this is this has all the monster movie stuff of you know, something like the 1950s drive-in films. Uh, you know, you could talk about this in the same vein as you could talk about Godzilla or a great movie like Them, which, you know, makes like giant bugs into the monsters and it makes you believe it doesn't necessarily make you believe because they didn't have the technology then. But they try to make you believe that giant bugs are menacing, you know, tiny people, uh, which is great. Uh, and this has got a similar like sense of fun in that way, uh, a similar sense of fun, plus a similar sense of gore and violence too uh, to it that that uh, is more modern, but also plays along the lines of 
how close this comes, how much it does border on the horror genre. Yeah, I, I yeah, there's some really s- no, I was just gonna say, there's some really scary parts, especially. I, I know my friend's kid watched this for the first time the other day, and she's 11 and really got scared during the T Rex attack. Spoiler alert. <laughs> No way a T-Rex attacks something in a dinosaur movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is the, that is the, that's, that uh, culminates though with the best joke in the movie where the, uh, the lawyer has been, has been eaten by, by the T-Rex and uh, Laura Dern and, and uh, uh, the Hunter character go out to try and find him. And he looks down, well, she looks down at, at the ground and says, I think I found him. And he goes, and she goes, yeah, I found him too. They're standing two. They're standing five feet apart. It was that's a very funny joke, very dark but very funny. Yeah. Anything else on Jurassic Park before we move on to the Lost World? What was the What was the choice of having Samuel L. Jackson smoke so much in this movie? Every scene he is smoking non-stop in this entire throughout the entire movie it's a it's like it's his only character trait <laughs> i mean it was a different time back then plus we didn't know who samuel L. jackson was right so but I was, I, the fact that we know him, we get to, it just sticks out more i don't know if it was a no-name actor would we have noticed it i don't know when well he did he, get to say them he got to say the line hold on to your butts yeah twice <laughs> he says it twice in the movie um <laughs> uh, but then you've got him, right, just constantly smoking, and then you've got Wayne Knight across the same room in that command center, constantly like just his, or just covered in food. He's down in Jolt Colas, and he, and he's Wayne Knight, so obviously he smells. But can you just imagine that command center center must smell like ass? It just between the <laughs> cigarettes and the bo in that room, it's just it's gross. <laughs> well, it's just funny, like. Sam Jackson is what he's the highest grossing actor of all time, right? Because he has yeah, all these small yeah. parts, all these huge movies. <laughs> it's almost like he shouldn't get to count Jurassic Park, even though I don't know. <clears throat> all right. What else do you guys want to talk about Jurassic Park wise? Anything else you want to mention, Jeff? Um, I Somebody said something about remaking it instead of continuing it and i said i wouldn't mind if they remade it if they remade it closer to the actual book right but that's all i have to say about it i just don't know how you do that without it being you'd have to wait a little while at at least 10 years if not longer before you do any and they can't do any other jurassic movies which hopefully they will they clean they tied it up pretty good i mean it was a terrible movie, but it seemed like they brought everything together and there's nowhere else to go. But if they can, yeah. if oh, they could take it, it, it'll be back. I mean, it's a well-known IP. That know, they'll but take 10 years off, remake it off of the book. And <laughs> then you can make your shitty sequels off that. I don't care, but I don't know. I'd like to see like a Cause I mean, you mentioned it's a monster movie and it is, but it also is, it's kind of a safe, fun blockbuster, too. I, I actually thought Jurassic World was more of a monster movie, like more scary, less fun. Uh, not as good by any means, but mm-hmm. uh, I did find it to be more in the horror genre than Jurassic Park was. 
not that it's not, but I, I would love to see them go full blown off of the book. But I don't know if the audience will be able to sit with it either. I think Spielberg with with the original just walks up to that line of horror. Right, he walks right up to it, and then then does it better by not showing you every little 100%. piece of horror. It's way better than Jurassic World. I just that it, because they knew they weren't as good as Spielberg, they I think they crossed the line a little bit, uh, and it worked for that first one, but it was kind of all downhill after that. All right, should we move on to the Lost World, or you guys have more to say? Uh, the Lost World, Jurassic Park, uh, nineteen ninety seven, uh, without Sam Neill and Laura Dern, but with Jeff Goldblum and. Uh, this time there's a new island. Uh, we didn't know apparently that there was another island that was full of even more uh, genetically engineered dinosaurs. And uh, Richard Attenborough's character Hammond uh, sort of tricks Jeff Goldblum into, into going there and, and uh, visiting that island by sending uh, his girlfriend Julianne Moore to the island first to uh, to look it over and see what's there. And I. Uh, so he decides he'll go, but he's only going there to try and rescue her and get her out of there. He's going with uh, Richard Schiff as a sort of guide and uh, Vince Vaughn as a hotshot photographer and Greenpeace activist who, uh, whose uh, skills in that uh, come into play uh, when they're having to actually try and save the dinosaurs when other bad guys show up to try and steal or kill them and uh, take them to America. And part of the problem that I've always had with Lost World is how they spoiled the ending in the marketing campaign, like they immediately told you right away that there's going to be a dinosaur in downtown San Diego. And, and you get yeah. to see like Jeff Goldblum, like looking up at it. So it's, and, and Julianne Morris so was like, well, their characters are going to survive, I guess, because we haven't been to San Diego yet. You know, <laughs> like it just kind of took away the suspense, but it also reveals something about this movie that really, that I really don't like. And that is the sort of, there's a very mercenary quality uh, to this movie. It doesn't feel like to me, Spielberg had his heart in this one. Uh, the way he absolutely has it, his heart in the first one, he seems to have had like a, a Brinks truck full of money backed up to him and said, we'll make, you can make any movie you want. Just give us one more. Give us one more Jurassic. Please, please give us one more. And so he did. And then he just sat back and counted his money and decided, let's see, which one of these scripts do I want to do? That's more challenging and interesting to me. Uh, and, and uh, occasionally just looked up and said to Jeff Goldblum and Julianne Moore, okay, run uh, that direction or something. Uh, then the dinosaur, yeah, the dinosaurs are there. Whatever. <laughs> this movie just, it doesn't work for me. There's one really good kind of Spielbergian sort of set piece where the, they've, they've rescued this baby Tyrannosaurus Rex and they've got them on their little command center trailers, these two connected trailers, and they're in the one that's closest to the cliff and, and the Tyrannosaurus Rex mom and dad show up and to get their baby and they push it off the side. That's a tremendous sequence with a great, great culmination. Like that is phenomenal. That is classically like all of Spielberg's talent is definitely being thrown at that sequence. Um, but the rest of it just doesn't do do much for me. I, I, I love Goldblum. I just it doesn't feel like the same uh, Dr. Malcolm from the first film. It feels you know, he, he's thrust out front here and that's I don't know if that's necessarily a character who's who gets thrown out front as a sort of star. He's more of the guy who comments and <laughs> and is too cool for everything. Uh, so having him at the center of the movie kind of removes sort of the emotional arc for me, uh, and it makes it uh, just less satisfying. I haven't actually seen it. 
uh, and I apologize for not watching the movies, but I only had one day, uh, and I saw Spider-Man on that day. Uh, I mean, I know Michael Crichton wrote a book, and if I remember right, uh, didn't he bring back killed-off characters? <laughs> didn't Malcolm die in the first the book? I don't even remember. I've never uh, read the book. Yeah, but, I think he did. And But then he brings him back in Lost World. And yeah, he, like he had a faint pulse or something. I don't remember. I was actually thinking about listening to both of those books. Yeah. Again, but but it seemed like if I remember right, and again, you're talking to when I was a junior high, early high school, uh, that even Michael Crichton was just like, all right, give me the money. I'll write this book. You guys want a sequel? I don't know if the book's anything like the movie, uh, but I just I never was interested and never saw it. <laughs> Well, there's something to be said for the fact that Crichton has a screenwriter credit on the first film, but he doesn't have a screenwriting credit on this one. Uh, David Kep has the sole screenwriting credit on this one, so I'm I'm assuming there must have been changes. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, I, I love the cast. I think it's super well cast. I just, the story is not there. It's like, how do we get any of these people back on this island, we trick them. Mm-hmm. And I, so I know that, you know, you have to have a kid in these movies and whatever, but the fact that Goldblum's daughter, the Kelly, I think her, her name, she stows away and nobody finds her at all. And it's just, it, it just stretches credibility. And, she's never really in danger the way the kids were in the first one. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it all seems very low stakes for anybody, the the whole franchise for anybody that has ever been in anything before, you know, it (laughs) it seems like such low stakes. Um, I did. Yeah. I forgot to mention mention this in the first one, but it's like, there are characters who just have main character powers. And if you don't have main character powers, that pretty much tells me that you're going to be dead. Like uh, the the Muldoon in the first movie, like uh, definitely that guy was going to die because I didn't know what his name was as an actor. You know, I didn't. Yeah. So it's like that guy's going to die for sure. He doesn't have main character powers. And yeah, that's that's legs exactly in the 90s, like, by the way. Yeah, that's uh, that's what this that's the, a lot of the characters in this movie just are, they don't have main character powers. You know, I mean, kill off Vince Vaughn. He wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't like the main main character but you know has some stakes mm-hmm. these movies they don't really have any stakes for anybody save for the you know the above the marquee names and that i i think that you know if they killed off Vince Vaughn or uh god kill off kelly the girl you know <laughs> like this is what you get and he had you know malcolm screaming at her this is what you get for stowing away um but i you're on a you're on a damn island with creatures that will just eat you and nobody really gets eaten that that anybody knows you know there's that one moment where pete postulates i think husband just (laughs) the way he was you know mourning him yeah um you know when he gets killed there's that moment where he's really mourning and you're like, uh-huh. Okay, well, there was a little bit of a stake there, but, you know, not really enough. Yeah. 
That's why the one sequence works, though, is that Richard Schiff does, you know, at least have a character and 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 him, you know, heroically uh, throwing himself to the to the T-Rexes to save them is a great sequence because it ends with with somebody, you know, losing their life and having, you know, done so heroically that made it it made it meaningful. Uh, whereas the the other movies seem to resist having anybody who's slightly heroic, uh, you know, be in any real danger. Like, I mean, that the last one, the the last Jurassic World movie was awful. It was god awful because you knew that none of the main six characters were in danger at any time. They, none of them, none of them were going to die. <laughs> Never felt like they were going to die for a second, uh, and it was impossible to invest in. Yeah. They keep surviving things that they just shouldn't, especially in the last three. Like the the modern the modern modern trilogy, everybody just survives everything that they shouldn't survive. Uh, and the, the, as we get into like this one or the next one, like there's more situations like that where uh, nobody's putting anything at stake and and nobody's really at risk. Yeah, I'm just reading Wikipedia on the Lost World and. Spielberg actually didn't get money up front. He got a piece of the back end. The only one who really got paid up front was Joe Johnston. He was the writer. He got $2 million. And <laughs> the fans begged both Spielberg and Crichton to do a sequel. So they both did it separately. And Crichton's novel finished right as Spielberg signed on. And he took some ideas, but more or less ignored the the book. And then Crichton denied them access to merchandising at first. Uh, I don't know. It seemed like it was a lot of fun for everybody involved. <laughs> uh, and then anything else in Lost World or should we jump to Jurassic Park 3? Jeff, you want, did you want to mention anything about the dinosaurs? Cause, uh, and you'd mentioned that this one had better dinosaurs. So my favorite growing up was a Stegosaurus. And we got to see lots and lots of Stegosauruses here. So I was very happy with that. Um, uh, incidentally, do you know what the spikes on the Stegosaurus's tail are called? No. They're called Thagomizer. Do you know why they're called that? No. They never, ever had a name until the early 80s when Gary Larson, who wrote the Far Side uh, comic... He um, he did a comic where they were uh, mourning the loss of Thag, who was killed by the tail of a Stegosaurus. So they it caught on that it was Thagomizer, and, Thagomizer, and scientists were like, "Well, we never had a name for it. This is as good as any." So, just your little bit of trivia about a Thagomizer. That's All right. <laughs> uh, Jurassic I'm Park useless. three. I wonder if my son knows about that. <laughs> go get, go get him. Put him on the pod. <laughs> How do you spell thagomizer? T h a g o m i z e r. Go ahead and keep going. I'm just texting my. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Jurassic Park three, directed by uh, Joe Johnston this time, and not uh, by Steven Spielberg, and uh, new screenwriters this time, including uh, bizarrely um, Alexander Payne, uh, <laughs> pre Sideways, Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor, which is a very unusual 
choices. Uh, one other guy has a credit as well on it. I don't remember his name. Uh, Buckman, I think. Anyway, uh, we've got Sam Neill back. We've sort of got Laura Dern back this time, but she's not going off to the island. Only Sam Neill is, along with uh, his uh, research assistant, Alessandro Nivola. They get tricked by uh, a seemingly rich guy played by uh, William H. Macy into going back to or to going to this island, but uh, not Island Nubar where he went, but to the island from the second movie from Lost World uh, to just and he thinks he's going there. So just they can fly over and he can you know show them what dinosaurs are there. And uh, it turns out they're going there because this ri- this supposed rich guy's son has uh, crashed on this island and he's there somewhere, maybe unless, of course, he's been eaten. Uh, so they do land and they do end up on the run from, you know, various different uh, dinosaurs, uh, raptors and uh, making a lot of mistakes along the way. William H. Macy and Leone just fucking drive me up a fucking wall in this movie. They're just so fucking irritating. They get better. Like in the third by the third act, I didn't mind them so much. But the first act and the second act, I just wanted to strangle both of them. They're just awful characters. And then their son uh is a character in the movie and he's just of course he's to happen hap, just happens to have read both of dr grant's books so he knows how to survive eight weeks on this island by himself as a fucking teenager uh because you know the the script i guess made him that way uh, it really feels like it it really feels like that that said i will say i think the action of this movie is very fast-paced i think johnston uh does a great job of uh, of of creating a kinetic pace. It's a very short film. It's only uh, 94 minutes, which is a great choice uh, for this. Uh, it, it really moves quickly. And Sam Neill does, uh, does make a, a better impression as a, as a, as a lead character. Grant is a much more uh, notable and better lead character, but uh, Alessandro Nivola uh, illustrates a problem that we were just talking about with the previous, with the previous film. Uh, he's a character, his character essentially does something very stupid, gets them all in a lot of a, a dangerous situation, and then ends up being killed, seemingly, only to, oh, there he is at the end. He's not dead. Like, because, again, like they're, they're like fucking scream characters. Like, you can just stab them a dozen and a half times. And they're just going to bounce right back because they've got main character powers. Um, I like this one better than The Lost World. Uh, I do because it's because it is shorter and because it does move quickly. And I thought the action was smart uh, and, and well-paced, but uh, I don't love it. I think it's, I think it's desperately flawed, but it's it certainly, like I said, it's better. I think it's better than even the, the two out of the three of the modern trilogy and better than, better than the lost world. I haven't seen it, but I've heard kind of the similar, uh, I've heard it was better than the lost world and, I don't know. Uh, Jeff, go ahead. <laughs> Jeff, you're silent. You've muted yourself, Jeff. Okay, sorry. Um, I like Taya Leone. I like William H. Macy. I like Sam Neill. I like Michael Jeter. I don't necessarily like them all together. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like you said, Sean, them as a couple, Taylorioni and William H Macy, just they're grating. Yeah. Um. I, I, I could tell. Like as soon as they started, they got Alan Grant. They said, "Oh, you know, we just want to do a flyover." And I, you know, we we're super rich and we have all this money and stuff. And I was like, "No, 
no, this is that kid's parents and they're lying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very obvious. um, I I liked the pacing. I liked, you know, some of the set pieces and stuff. I missed the (laughs) T-Rex. You know, I really, I, that, that was one of the things that I thought they did well with the, um, uh, the new trilogy is making the T-Rex from the first movie kind of the, you know, the star, right? if you will. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, the fact that the T-Rex gets, it's not the same T-Rex as the original movie or the sequels, but the fact that it gets taken out so quickly yeah, kind of disappointed me. Um I, and, and this is where it starts the problem of it always has to be bigger and it always has to be scarier um, as far as the dinosaurs go. Um, I thought the Spinosaurus was fine, but it wasn't, it didn't have the same cachet for me, I guess. I don't know why, but um, the the subplot of the kid hiding underground for so long, I, I watching this again last night. I was just like, you know, that really stretches it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, in a movie about genetically engineered dinosaurs, that's what stretches credibility for me. (laughs) You know, um, the the detail though, about having him having read both of Dr. Grant's books, like that is just, that is just, that just screams like screenplay guy trying to justify this choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that I missed Laura Dern. Mm-hmm. Just having, you know, just a couple minutes of her in the movie, I missed her because she was one of my favorite parts of the original. Um, I kept one. <laughs> so this is like if we ever talk about the new trilogy, I always wanted the three of them back together again until we got the three of them back together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was always like, oh, we couldn't get them all. We just had to get, you know, Jeff Goldblum. And then we just got, had to get Alan Grant. And, you know, I was like, and then I got my wish fulfilled in the last one. I was like, oh, not like that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think at all these movies struggle by the fact that none of them died in the original Jurassic Park? Because that does, you know, while you felt a sense of doom in those, like anything could happen. Those three do make it through, which then I, then you know, could be a carryover to well, of course they're not going to kill anybody off that matters in these other movies. I think so. Um, yeah. You know, though, though with okay, when you watch the the new Star Wars trilogy, you know Harrison Ford famously wanted to be killed off after the Empire Strikes Back, so he said, "I'm only going to do this movie if you kill me off." So he killed him off. Then you kill Luke off in the next one, and then Carrie Fisher died in real life, so it's like you have to kill her off too. And could they have gotten away with that with these movies? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the some of the tertiary characters that died, okay, we get it. But the secondary characters, you should always have in these movies a secondary character who plays a bigger part. You know, not like a Dennis Nedry, but you know, a John Hammond, you know, um, he had died in the book, in the original book. I thought he should have died in the first one. You know, I, I, 
I wanted to see more stakes, and I know that we can't kill the the main three ever. But God, I, I it would have just then you would have always wondered what's going to happen, what's going to happen, and you just don't. You're like, oh, okay, well, how are they going to get out of this one? Yeah, I, mean, I think part of what hampers this 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 trilogy in that way and uh, is the fact that Spielberg made the first Jurassic Park as a film that could appeal to all audiences and especially a one that could appeal to a very young audience that, you know, it's PG 13, but still there kids love dinosaurs. They want to go to see the dinosaur movie. And I think part of why you can't kill off the main three is because, you know, that childish identification with right. those three, I think that that does definitely have an effect uh, on, on what they're capable of doing in terms of who they can kill and, and not kill. Like, I, interestingly enough, I was I was writing today, uh, randomly finishing a, a review of Scream Five, and I was starting to think about comparisons between you know the Scream franchise and and Jurassic Park in in that way, and how Scream Five needed to kill somebody. They had to kill Dewey. It had to happen. There's no other way. They could not continue this franchise with this character surviving that. And it really, I for me, and I know a lot of people don't like Five. I like Five. Uh, I felt like it reinvigorated the whole thing. Even as much as I didn't want to see Dewey go, it did reinvigorate it for me because it it reshuffled the deck and said, okay, now anybody can go. And you can't really do that in Jurassic Park because you've got that that child audience that won't let you. Well, yeah, and then when Jurassic World introduced a whole new, another group of characters who you don't kill either, uh, (laughs) it was just kind of a, it was silly. But I mean, I do. I, I do remember being in the theater though, and there being warnings for kids who were under thirteen, like this mm-hmm. is actually scary. So you know, make sure your kid can handle this. It's it's interesting. Like the I I like the modern trilogy less and less every time I think about it. Uh, I still do like the first film. I really don't care for the second one. The last one is absolute trash. Uh, but I, I I like them less and less, and I I like. watching Sam Neill in this one uh, and seeing Dr. Grant out front, it made me think about why I don't like Chris Pratt's performance and the choice of having Chris Pratt out front of it is that he is a movie star. He is Chris Pratt. He stands apart from the, the, the excitement and the wonder of this and turns it into an, just an action movie. Sam Neill's not an action hero. never was, never could be. Uh, He's an actor first and, and his, acting brings a lot to the original Jurassic Park. He looks like a, a, a guy who is not going to be, I mean, he, he's going to have to use his mind to get through this as opposed to being Superman action hero who can talk to raptors or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, uh, I, and I was thinking about that as I watched this film. It was like, this, this makes me not like the modern trilogy again even more. Yeah. I, Chris Pratt always plays Chris Pratt. He does. He always plays Andy from Parks and Rec. You know, that kind of lovable doofus. Um, and I get that's why they picked him for Guardians of the Galaxy, because that's Star-Lord's character, is the lovable doofus. But, you know, he just he he plays the same character all the time. And I mean, you know, I just don't understand the appeal anymore. Um, he played the same character 20 years ago in uh, the Strangers with Candy movie. You know, he's just like, he never changes. 
And because he's not super offensive, you know, and he doesn't really do terrible things or say horrible things about people other than his wife and his kid, um, you know, he gets a pass. Mm-hmm. And I really think that he's kind of boring. Um, if he if they actually go through with their the talk that they were talking about um, after Crystal Skull and make him a new Indiana Jones, I will not watch Indiana Jones anymore. Mm. And I love those movies. So I think he's at least slightly more suitable for that, slightly uh, than that he is for that. For like, I, he shouldn't have been cast in this. Like, they should have gone with yeah. a more of a Sam, a younger Sam Neill type, uh, somebody who's not, you know, Miss Mr. Buff physical. Uh, action man. Uh, you know, uh, they should have found somebody who was you know, more on that intellectual side that could have played that a little bit more. Uh, but they wanted a big star because they were. I guess they didn't think people cared about dinosaurs anymore. Well, and he was. <laughs> yeah, he had just like they were filming it before he became a huge star. So they're kind mm-hmm. of banking on Guardians being big. And I mean, I don't mind the fact that they did something a little different than the original you know, than Dr. Grant. I mean, it, to me, it's more annoying if you just copy the same formula over and over again. That said, like Jeff said, he plays the same thing every time. You know, it'd be like Ryan Reynolds doing Fletch when they talked about that. That'd have been horrible for Ryan Reynolds. He already did Van Wilder. Do something different. In fact, mm-hmm. he had that same issue where people were kind of sick of him doing the same thing for a while there. So I, I don't know. I... I still don't mind that first of the new trilogy because it had enough nostalgia that kind of combined everything perfect. Uh, it was nothing beyond fun, you know, but it, it worked for what they're going for. They took it a little bit more serious in these two sequels we just talked about. I'm assuming I haven't seen them, but based on what you guys said, but still, I don't know. I just, after the first one, I, I would be good if there's only one of these movies. <laughs> In hindsight, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, there is only one Jurassic Park when you get down to it. You can just tell the money, the, the money grabbing in some of these. Oh, you yeah, know, it seems like in part four, Jurassic World, while they were grabbing for money, they at least took it seriously. But other than that, it just seemed like a paycheck for everybody, definitely. And that's our show. See you next week with The Flash, <laughs> Blackening, and Batman. And Last Action Hero. Uh, anything else on the Jurassic Park movies before we go to Flickchart? Do we want to run Jurassic Park through Flickchart? I would be down for that. I mean, I do love it. All right. We will do that. But I next week we do have The Flash, The, bla- the Blackening. Uh, our classic is The 89 Batman. And in 93, Last Action Hero and Once Upon a Forest came out. All right. Can't wait to see the blackening. What a great trailer. What is the blackening? <laughs> it's, a, it's a horror movie about a group of black friends who go to a, like, I think oh, it looks okay. like a cabin in the that. woods. And uh, the tagline is, not all of us can die first. <laughs> which, I mean, I'm already in. That's, a, that's, fun, a, great, funniest, that's a great yeah. line. And actually, you know, it's funny. I, I was noting uh, on the 93 podcast that uh, you know, Jurassic Park may not be a horror film, but it adheres to the horror movie trope of a black guy dies first. <laughs> the first victim of the, of the T-Rex is a black guy. Oh, the T-Rex. The very, like, the, no, the first death in the movie is a black guy. Like, no, it's first a putting guy. the dinosaur on the island. No, it's a Latino guy. 
No, there's a black guy. I'm thinking. No, it's Costa. He's Costa Rican because they're I like literally right just Costa watched Rica. it yesterday. I did too. <laughs> All right, let's not argue what race <laughs> the character was. <laughs> Sean's gonna look it up on YouTube right now. All right, <laughs> Jurassic. We've had that argument before. <laughs> Jurassic Park or the interview? Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Agreed. Jurassic Park or the Brady Bunch movie? Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Agreed. Sure, Jam. Jurassic Park or American <laughs> Beauty? Jurassic Park. Is it is it Kevin Spacey American Beauty or Nicolas Cage From American Beauty? Now on it's Nicolas Cage. Even if it was Nate, even it was Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jurassic Park. I would generally say American Beauty, but I'll go with you guys win. Jurassic Park Insomnia. Hmm. I really love Insomnia. Um, yeah, but I, I, I'd watch Jurassic Park. Yeah, Jurassic as, Park first. As, as would I. Jurassic Park The Shining. Jurassic Park. Yeah. I think I'd go The Shining. Jurassic Park Dolomite is my name. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Yeah. Jurassic Park Annie Hall. <laughs> God, Jurassic Park. Oh, uh. <laughs> but Nicholas Cage directed it. Oh yeah, well, well okay, yeah, any hall, yeah. <laughs> I'll go Jurassic Park. <laughs> Jurassic Park, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Eternal Sunshine. Jurassic Park. God, Eternal Sunshine's better. And I know if I watched it right now, I'd be like, this is one of the best movies ever. But every time I get away from it, I forget how good it is. Oh, I'll go Eternal Sunshine. Jurassic Park Men. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Agreed. Jurassic Park Juno. Juno. Oh, Jurassic Park. I'll go Ju- I like Juno, but. I'll go Juno. Wow, number 15. <laughs> Solid effort. I'm not sure why Dolomite is my name is up there so high, because it's like popped up here yeah. twice now. <laughs> uh, want to run Dolomite is my name through? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Watch me pick everything but that. <laughs> I liked it, but I mean, it's just a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, number 45. Dolomite or the interview? Uh, the interview. Yeah, actually, I would take the interview. <laughs> now I, that's going to be way too high. I think I'd take Dolomite on that one. Dolomite or the commitments? Not, wait, wait, look. Dolomite. Look at your screen right now. Dolomite went from number 45 to 1,390. <laughs> Perfect. And the interview is <laughs> in the 1,000s as well. However, so is the Nightmare on Elm Street. 2010. Part four. Part four. Oh, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Tango and Cash. What the hell? All right. Are we done with Dolomite? All right. Let's just rank random movies. Yeah. Why not? Night of the Living Dead, 1968, The Village. Night of the Living Living Dead. Dead. One of my top 10 favorites. Great. I love that poster, too. Public Enemies, Fried Green Tomatoes. Public Enemies. 
lesbian representation in fried green tomatoes. So, yeah, pr- happy pride. <laughs> <laughs> Making me feel guilty. Uh, public enemies. Uh, Homophobe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Machete. El Mariachi. El Mariachi. Yeah, El Mariachi. Agreed. Expendables 2, Star Trek 5. I could give a shit. Uh, both are trash. Um, Star Trek 5. Yeah, same. 101 Dalmatians in 96, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Ballad of Buster Scruggs. You guys can pick. I've never seen either one of them. I've seen parts of 101 Dalmatians. Ballad of uh, the Scruggs one. Avengers Age of Ultron, Little Monsters. Age of Ultron. I'm going Little Monsters. Uh, Scanners, Black Widow. Black Widow. Aside from the head scene, yeah, Black Widow. Aside it's really scene. I don't really love Scanners. Exactly. It's like the it's it's one of the lesser Cronenberg movies, honestly. When now that I've seen like the, like Shivers yeah, the, and, and you know the I mean the other stuff is is actually way better than that. Right. The Breed is better than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like his most well known, I think, just because yeah. of the head exploding the head, scene. But yeah. Excalibur Brazil. 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 Agreed. White chicks still smoking. Oh my god! Okay, so quick story. The only two dad, the only two times I've ever seen my dad laugh so hard that he almost wet his pants were both of these movies. White chicks are Cheech and Chong still smoking. Like to the point where he was, he couldn't catch his breath. He was laughing so hard at both wow. of these movies. I have never seen either. Still smoking. Yeah, uh, still smoking. But white chicks is fucking hilarious. So stupid. What's eating Gilbert Grape reanimator? Reanimator. 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 Twenty one blank check. Um twenty one? Yeah. I, I don't remember blank check. Yeah. You're lucky. Drumline, <laughs> it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. So Yeah, definitely. Contagion Jr. Contagion. Contagion. I love that. Great movie. Dogma Double Jeopardy. Dogma. Double Dogma. Just kidding. <laughs> Agreed. Dogma finally might get to come back out. Oh, that's good. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, you know the story that Harvey Weinstein took it over and wouldn't release yeah. it to anybody. Yeah. The Lady Killers, Hell is for Heroes. I've not seen Hell is for Heroes. Yeah, me neither. Lady Killer's Babe. Babe. Yeah, babe. I think Lady Killer's is better than most people think it is, but, you know. I agree. A higher opinion of it than most people, but Babe is better. Babe's pretty good, though. Doom or The Help? The the Help, I guess. The Help? But what is with that poster? That is a weird poster, right? For that movie. It's not a... Uh, it's got like a pride poster, but it's not. That is not yeah. that movie. Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, uh, or The Thomas Crown Affair. Ninety nine. I haven't seen either one of them. I didn't go see The Two Towers because I was getting a something happened to me in the first one, so I never. Worst hand job of your life, right? 
Uh, not worst, but <laughs> I'm going to the two tower. I'm gonna go to the Thomas Crown Affair. <laughs> so nobody wins. Now we're in. Let's see if I have a quarter here. We haven't had to flip this thing in a while. <laughs> Surprise! You voted for Lord of the Rings. I was I was on the fence, but I really don't like the Thomas Crown Affair. I don't either, but or maybe I do. I don't. I mean, I just don't remember. It won the flip, by the way. But I'm a. I liked Renee Russo, and she was naked in it. Zero Dark Thirty, The Invisible Man, nineteen thirty. Zero Dark Thirty, The Invisible Man. Claude Rains is absolutely unhinged in that movie, and I love it. I think I'm gonna go with The Invisible Man. I like Zero Dark Thirty, but oh yeah, me too. Crank High Voltage or Sky High? Crank High Voltage. I'm going sure. Sky High. I love that movie. I like Sky High, but Crank High Voltage is just it's fucking stupid. It's, it's fucking amazing. Chaos 2000, uh, 2005. I don't know if I've seen Chaos. It sounds familiar, but I don't think is I've seen it. Is this the one that's like the Last House on the Left remake? Or is that something else? Very well could be. It looks looks that way. I think I've seen it. It's like really gross, but really, really bad. Or Steve Jobs. Uh, Finding Nemo or Steve Jobs? Steve Jobs. Finding Nemo. I'm going to go Finding Nemo. Top Gun Maverick or For the Love of the Game? Oh, it's Top Gun Maverick all the way. That 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 costume movie is a fucking sleeping pill. I liked it, but I've never seen <laughs> Maverick. <laughs> what do you, do you agree, Jeff? Maverick? Uh, or? Uh, what, whatever you guys want to pick, because I have not seen either one of them. Uh, Sean's seen them both, so he wins. The Island or Monsters versus Aliens? Monsters versus Aliens. Yeah. I prefer oh, wow. Park, the Clonus po- Horror to, I hate to the, the island. I hate the poster, <laughs> though. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Spy Kids 2. Eternal Sunshine. Yeah. Agreed. Texas Chancel Massacre of the Beginning, 2006, or Romeo and Juliet? Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet. Even though it's basically child porn. <laughs> we just picked it. Alien, now you see me. Alien. I would actually prefer watching Now You See Me, so... Yeah. I'll go Alien. That's my favorite of all of them. But I'm not too far away from Sean, though, sadly. Rumble in the Bronx, the game. Rumble in the Bronx. The game. I'll go Rumble in the Bronx. I love Fincher, but the game pisses me off. I, Tanya, the Good Shepherd. I, Tanya. Great movie. I, Tanya. Absolutely. A scanner Darkly, Jack. Scanner Darkly. Good God. Yeah. <laughs> Meet the Spartans, Summer Rental. Summer Rental. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. The Fantastic Four, 1994, The Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Is, Have you guys seen that? Oh yeah, it's great. Is this the one that <laughs> never came out? One? It's yeah. on YouTube. You can watch right. it. Well, we watch it for the show. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I mean, it's still the best looking thing. Absolutely. It. I mean, it's the best Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> 
I don't know how you do the Fantastic Four good though. I don't know. Maybe I say this as somebody who actually liked the Jessica Alba ones. I I don't know if you can do it better than they did it then, and that's not saying much because I know that they're objectively not great movies, but I enjoyed them because mm-hmm. the Fantastic Four is like one of my favorite comics. So I always liked the Silver Surfer, but yeah, I never got yeah. into the movies. Us walk hard. The Dewey Cox story. Us, us, absolutely. Redbeard. Miami Never heard of Vice. it. Good job. No. Sucker Punch. Miami Vice. Miami Vice. Yeah, I guess. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Yeah. <laughs> the Breakfast Club. Clue. It's tough. Those. Are, I love both <sighs> those movies. Um, yeah. Blue. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say Clue as well. I don't like the Breakfast Club, so that works out for me. I don't. <laughs> I don't mind it. It's just you can only watch it like once every 20 years. I just think it's overrated. I, I, everybody didn't love it so much. I might like it better, but it's just I don't know. It's really not that. I special. like I like 16 Candles better, even though it's like horribly oh, yeah. racistly dated, but. <laughs> I still, I, it's a Very. better movie. Very funny. <laughs> Ender's Game, The Shining. I, Shining. I want that Shining poster. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a, um, I think it's a Polish one. Wow. Polish or Czech, Czechoslovakian. That's incredible. It's incredible, but that would literally give me nightmares. <laughs> so I don't oh, know what yeah, I want it. That's when I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it here. I don't want it on my wall. The Shining, obviously, yeah, absolutely. Yes, surrogates, idiocracy, idiocracy, and they're both basically the same movie. <laughs> Even though we're living through it, I'll pick idiocracy. I just wish idiocracy was better. Oh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two: The Return of the Living Dead. All right, Bob, we're gonna force we're gonna force Jeff to pick here. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that well, moment of pain, and I was like, I gotta know. Yeah. So I'm gonna pick Friday the 13th Part Two. However, Return of the Living Dead is top tier 80s zombies. I mean, uh, we should do that as a classic sometime. But I, Jason is, and it is Jason's birthday, June 13th. So we got to pick Jason. The Road to El Dorado, the Lady Killers. Lady Killers. Lady Killers. Agreed. The Last Samurai, Free Willy. Last Samurai. I have never seen either one of them. I was going to go Free Willy. Up to you, Bob. I'll let you have it, Sean. I don't care that much. Uh, Lord of the Rings, (laughs) The Two Towers, The Hustler. The Hustler because it's shorter. (laughs) The Hustler because it's better. The Hustler. Time Bandits, A Bug's Life. Time Bandits. Yep. Overboard Euro Trip. Euro Trip. Oh, Overboard gives me like childhood memories, but it's so bad. I mean, it's just like so abusive. Um, Euro Trip. Nice. I was going to pick Overboard, but now you make me feel bad for being abusive because it is abusive. Uh, Wally Wanted. Wally. Yeah, Wally. To look at our future. 
<laughs> I would love to have one of those floaty chairs. You should watch Wally with Pink Floyd's The Wall behind it. It's pretty good. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> uh, pitch Perfect Backdraft. Oof, you guys go ahead. That's Pitch Perfect all the way. Pitch Perfect. Backdraft sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's one of those movies that I loved growing up, and then we had to watch it for the podcast, and it's like, fuck. <laughs> uh, the uh, Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Or the I've not of- seen either of those oh, movies. Good. Perfect. Yeah. Although, I mean, I saw pieces of Parnassus, but uh, yeah, it's a long time ago. American Animal is the Cannonball Run. Cannonball Run. Uh, I don't remember American Animals, honestly. All right. You and Jeff. Ray, Rocky. Rocky. <laughs> Ray. Because okay. I know it doesn't matter what I pick. <laughs> Glorious Bastard. I picked Rocky, obviously, for those at home who don't know me. I, I know. And Glorious Bastards, City Slickers. And Glorious Bastards. Yep. Agreed. Sideways, Hoodwinked. Sideways. Hmm. Just kidding, Sideways. Agreed. Uh, I actually uh, just published a brand new uh, review of uh, Sideways at uh, Geeks.media. One of the and it was uh, recently named one of the top stories on the site. So, you wanna, yes, why don't you check that out? Sideways, a movie we've never talked about outside of Flickchart on this podcast. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> we all like it. Even when Josh is on, we liked it. Never did it. The other, meanwhile, we're spe- we just spent a lot of time talking about Alexander Payne's uh, <laughs> Jurassic World. <laughs> Jurassic Park movie. The Policeman's Little Run, 1907. <laughs> Never seen it. Nope. I'm going to re- get rid of both of these. Sorry. The Producers, Traffic. Man, that is interesting. I'm pricking the producers, but I, I do have an affinity for Traffic. Mm-hmm. I would say the producers because Mel Brooks gets away with so much good shit. Yeah. And I used to never go back. I never go back and watch traffic either. It's like I saw yeah. it once and I'm just kind of done, but not done in the way like I am with Requiem for a Dream, where it'll never leave me. I don't know. Midsummer date night. Still <laughs> 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 number one. Mm-hmm. Howling six. Fun with Dick and Jane. Fun with Dick and Jane. Yeah, the howling after the first one are just Red River Valley, Spider Man three. Never seen Red River Valley. Unbreakable Spider Man three. Unbreakable. Yeah. Agreed. Milk Logan's Run. Milk. Milk. Yep. Peter Pan two thousand three employee of the month. Oh, they're both fucking trash. I've, yeah, I've never seen either one of them. So. I, I stumbled across on my for you page, Dane Cook asking people if they want Employee of the Month too. <laughs> is that who's an employee? I don't. I don't. Think Hard I've seen no. It is him, right? I swear to God, it, it was is. Dane Cook. It is. That's hilarious. Right. That's a good way to end the show too. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Next week, The Flash and Batman. See you then. Bye. See ya. Bye.